Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Happy to be joined by Adam Rittenberg. He's a senior college football writer for ESPN.com. He has certainly been busy over the weekend leading into today, trying to chase all these stories about what the future holds for college football this year. And let's start with that, Adam. Thanks for hopping on with us today. What is the latest that you can tell us about what's going on with the Big Ten and whether or not they're going to play this season? Right. Well, there the hasn't been a vote, an official vote yet, according to the league. I know there's been some reports out there. People classify votes in different ways. You know, we reported at ESPN on Sunday that the large majority of Big Ten presidents are likely to postpone the season if, if, if a formal vote's taken place. And that could happen as early as later today, um, trying to nail down whether there is, in fact, a president's meeting. I, I was told by one source that there will be one um, later on today and that the vote would, would probably take place at that time. And so, you know, again, it doesn't look good as far as the Big Ten fall season. I think the presidents have, uh, you know, heard from Commissioner Kevin Warren quite a bit. They've heard from the medical experts about, you know, long-term effects of COVID-19 and the, just the uh, concerns about, about having a competition safely without the chance for a lot of people to get it that, that uh, you know, that maybe, maybe wouldn't get it otherwise. And so uh, we'll see how that affects other conferences. I think the Big Ten would prefer not to be alone in this. Um, but uh, I, I don't think that will necessarily stop them from, from being the first to announce that they've postponed fall sports. A lot of eyes are also on the Pac-12. They have their president's meeting on Tuesday. We're not expecting a decision before that meeting. The Pac-12 president's also hearing from their medical uh, advisory team around uh, the same types of issues the Big Ten's discussed. So those two leagues typically go together on big things like this, but doesn't necessarily mean they will with such a, a big, big decision like like postponing the fall season. Yeah, Adam, that's where I wanted to go with this next is, you know, these different conferences, whether they postpone the season or not, but the big one, as we all know, the big one for me anyways is the SEC. How, what is it going to take, depending on these votes, for the SEC to actually consider postponing a season? And is it possible – at all that the SEC ends up being one of, if not the only conference that plays football this year. Yeah, I guess it's possible. Um, you know, anything's possible, especially with the, 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 po- the political realm. And obviously <laughs> you guys have probably seen the, the president's tweets earlier today, supporting, you know, the idea of playing college football this fall. And you know, I, I think it, it just, it's more political in the SEC uh, to decide not to play. It would be a very difficult decision like it is for every conference, but especially in that part of the country. Um, you know, Greg Sankey, the commissioner, has been pretty consistent in, in not wanting to make any decisions before he absolutely has to. And you know, the SEC put out a schedule model and a 
preseason practice plan that's designed to buy more time. Um, so it would be interesting to see how the reaction is, if there is a reaction uh, to the Big Ten and the Pac-12 uh, possibly postponing in the next uh, 24 hours or so. How would the SEC uh, kind of react to that? Because ultimately, uh, you know, Nick Saban's important and uh, these other coaches are important and the ADs are important, but it's a presidential decision. And if the SEC president see their colleagues in the Big Ten, their colleagues in the Pac-12, you know, saying one thing, are they going to want to dig in and put, push forward towards the season? You know, some might, some might not. Uh, but I, I know just from talking to our sources over the weekend and even some today, th- th- there's a belief it'll be very hard to be the last league standing, you know, feeling like they can still do pull this off when everybody else has basically said they can't do it. We're talking with Adam Rittenberg. He's a senior college football writer for ESPN.com. He's joining us here on 101 ESPN. I wanted to ask you about the explanation for why they are deciding to postpone potentially in the Big Ten because there's been a lot of focus on the health and safety, and that's publicly what they're saying. But, Adam, in in your opinion, is this more about the United players and the stance that we've seen on Twitter really over the last few days, but it's been bubbling up now for a week or two? How much of it is that? versus the health and safety stuff that we've been talking so much about, in your opinion, as to why these conferences are considering postponing? Right. I I really think, from what I hear, it's much more about health and safety and about reports that have come out recently, especially regarding the potential long-term effects of COVID-19. And I know this has been on the desk of Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren. I know it's been presented in some ways to all the Power Five commissioners, but I know in the Big Ten – it's it's very much front and center that there's a concern about especially heart issues, the, the things that have actually happened to players in the Big Ten that have quote unquote recovered from COVID-19 but really haven't because of these uh, the, these heart issues and and things that really could end their careers uh, and their and their competitive careers. And I know it's not a huge number, but it's something that's very concerning. I think for a lot of people in the medical community, there's a condition called myocarditis, which is a a heart inflammation um, caused by a virus. And this is the virus that's causing it at what I'm told is a very alarming rate to the medical community. So while people can sort of say, well, it's only this number of players and these guys don't have it. It's a, a very hard thing to test for. It's a very expensive thing to test for. And it's, it's very, very severe. I mean, it's the condition that killed the big 10 coach, uh, Randy Walker, a few years after he had myocarditis back in 2006, I believe. So it's something that very much resonates in that conference. And I, I do think that's more of the driver than the than the player uh, you know, empowerment movements, which, uh, again, are, are important. And I think we'll continue those discussions. But I, I, I think from what I've heard, it's really these, these new medical reports that are driving it. Do you think there was a decision to be made then? Because I we're seeing it with professional sports, right? They're proceeding forward because of the money that is at stake here. And that's why we're going to see the NFL. That's why we have seen the NHL and NBA return and why baseball is playing right now, despite the lack of a bubble. Do you think there was a decision that had to be made of, do we go a different route here and decide amateurism is no longer a thing, or do we protect that for the long term and take this short term hit? Do you think that was ever a conversation that was had? Well, they never seriously looked at the bubble option. I mean, we could certainly argue that they should have back when this all started, but that would have required, you know, acknowledging what, what these athletes are and, and giving them a real opportunity to uh, to discuss and, and potentially bargain, and there's compensation elements to that. You just can't keep college athletes in a bubble 
and say that they're that they're students like everybody else. That that's just that was never the discussion, and so that's part of the reason why we're here. And I think there really was a hope that uh, you know that the data nationally you know would 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 get better, and in some places it has. But I also think there was a real hope, guys, that there would have been a reliable rapid test. Um, you know, you, you've seen a lot about the testing protocols from the NCAA, and I know some of the leagues have come out of, with, with their own. But there's nothing in there that says that we are 100% sure that everybody that goes on the field for a given sport, football, you could take football on a Saturday, that all of those people are negative for COVID-19. I think if there was really a test available for all these schools that they felt confident they could take the day of the game, and that everybody that tested, that everyone that was allowed on the field would, would, would have tested negative. I think that puts the president at, at ease a lot more than the situation right now. So I think that's a big part of this. They thought it was going to be in place, hasn't really been in place from a widespread uh, standpoint and an accessibility standpoint. And it's part of the reason why, you know, I think there's, there, there's, there's a bit more panic that's set in as we sit here, you know, in, in almost mid-August uh, with, with, the, with the theoretical season only a few weeks away. Now, Adam, as we dive back into what we were just talking about, do you think that the the number one concern for the NCAA, of course, health and safety, uh, for sure, they don't want these young athletes to be harmed in any way. But the flip side of that is, to your point earlier about not putting them in a bubble, do you think their other major concern is the fact that they're going to have to change the status of these athletes from amateur to actually employees at some point in order to have them play football this summer? Do, do you think they're going to have to acknowledge that? And is that their biggest concern, switching from amateur to employee or paid student at that point? Right. And, and for that's always been seemingly the biggest concern. Is is acknowledging that that you know that that's that's the reality that that they're no longer in this uh, in in this model that that has obviously served everybody for many many years everybody except these athletes and uh, that that I again I I think that so, that a lot of the presidents would rather you've heard this rhetoric before even before the pandemic we would rather go Division three than pay the players we would rather not do this than pay the players and that's kind of maybe where we're at right now because. Yeah, I think we'd all agree that the safest way to do this is to essentially keep these athletes in a bubble. But to do that, you can't call them amateurs. You can't not compensate them. You can't not uh, ha have a real negotiating session. And we've seen already in the Pac-12, at least from the players' perspective, they don't think the league is taking it as seriously as, as they want it to uh, with, with their initial uh, session last Thursday. And, and, and it's unknown whether they even have a new meeting set up. So um, th all of those things would have to be taken a lot more seriously. And, and I think that's where the resistance does come in, as well as the health and safety in, in, the, in, those, in those areas. Presidents do not want to compensate athletes. They don't want the college model to change that dramatically. Final question for Adam Rittenberg of ESPN.com, joining us here on 101 ESPN. Adam, in your opinion, do we see any college football this fall? And if not, how do you think this moves forward from there? Is it, is it spring ball, or what do they decide to do in place of that? Right. You know, I, I really until recently thought we would see some college football this fall, and it still could happen. Uh, but, you know, I, I do think even for those leagues that want to hold out, it's going to be a difficult way forward to get to mid to late September and actually compete um, because we've just seen so many workouts that are stopped. Uh, we, 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 you know, students are reintegrating to campus right now. We don't know how that's going to impact 
some of these athletes, I know many of them are working really hard and doing everything that they're told to avoid the virus. But, you know, again, we, we just don't know how that's going to progress once these campuses are fully popular, not fully populated, but more populated than, than they are right now. So I, 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 I'm not optimistic. Um, uh, it, I, I, you know, uh, still not, not, not completely ruling it out. But uh, as far as the spring season, you know, it's a messy deal. I mean, it's something that you hear from coaches. It, it, it messes up the schedule. Uh, who, who's on my roster? How many guys are going to be opting out uh, that have NFL aspirations or they're just done with football at this stage? Are guys going to stick around and, and prepare for a spring season without knowing for sure that it's going to kick off? So there, it, it adds a lot of uncertainty. But what it does do is it, 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 you do get more time. You get more time with students on campus. You get more time to develop more treatments and more knowledge about the virus. I do think by the spring that will be more widely available rapid testing, which I think is a huge key to this. And, and I think there's a chance to do it, but you're also adding on another season in the same calendar year. How's that going to impact these conversations about uh, student athletes and health and safety? So it's another set of, of issues that are related to the current one without knowing if the situation is really going to be all that different. But I think there will be attempts around much of, of college football at the different levels to play a spring season for the leagues that have already canceled. Certainly plenty more still to come with college football and whether or not they're going to be able to play this fall at all. You can follow him on Twitter. He's Adam Rittenberg at ESPN Rittenberg. You can find his work as well at ESPN.com where he's a senior college football writer. Adam, we always appreciate the time, man. Thanks for hopping on with us today. We look forward to talking with you again soon. And fingers crossed we're able to talk about some real college football at some point this fall. Yeah, sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Be safe. Thanks. You bet. That's Adam Rittenberg joining us here on 101 ESPN.